The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For two years, the phrase, in person, has taken on new meaning for us. Somehow, I seem to remember decades ago, announcers on television sometimes saying something like, and now, live and in person, James Taylor. Now that is if there was a live crowd present. If you could see a celebrity live and in person, it was a lot better than just merely the radio or television or Today, we would say Zoom. I didn't even know there was going to be a wedding. Taffy had attended Holy Trinity earlier, but since had moved to Valparaiso, and now she was engaged to Eric. I got the email back in May 2020. Remember May 2020? No large gatherings of any kind. You couldn't visit a loved one in the hospital, even if they were dying. There were no funerals in person. Weddings were postponed. Church was only online. And we only went out to the grocery store or to go for a walk or a run, right? So Taffy emailed me to ask me if I would officiate at her wedding online. So Taffy and her sister and husband, Taffy and, her, Taffy and Eric, her sister and husband would be on one Zoom box. Their parents, I believe in Ohio, um, um, Indiana also would be in two boxes, and I would be in one Zoom box, a total of four. I'll never forget that wedding. At one point, I nearly choked up. It was so poignant, 
joyful, strange, sad, all at the same time. It wasn't the in-person wedding they had hoped for, but it was an occasion for gratitude and celebration. And I imagine there was likely some wine or sparkling beverage that was part of a post-Zoom toast. Weddings. Weddings feature prominently in today's readings. Now, I've had two, though they weren't called weddings back then. Some of you are married. Some of you were married. Some of you wish you were married. And some of you are glad you're not married. But whatever our feelings about weddings, the marital imagery in today's readings go beyond the literal to the symbolic. So in Isaiah, God figuratively marries the people. They are a crown of beauty in God's hand. As two people marry each other and rejoice over each other, so great is God's delight in us. So God, in that kind of intimate way, is like a lover to us. Then there's the most famous wedding in the Bible. It is an epiphany, the third great, great epiphany, like the revelation to the wise men, the Magi, like Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River that we celebrated last week. And this wedding is known by the town where it took place, Cana. We don't know who the bride or groom was. We don't know why Jesus was even there. But Cana is remembered, and it makes it even into our marriage liturgy with this prayer. As you gladdened the, the wedding at Cana by the presence of your son, so bring your joy now to this wedding. To the gospel writer of John, this isn't an ordinary wedding. Like in all of John, there are layers of meaning. On one hand, the miracle of water into wine is Jesus' debut. It's his first public appearance in John, live and in person, in the flesh. Ah, but in the flesh just doesn't mean that it's not remote, like we would think. One chapter earlier, we hear the theological meaning of Christmas or the whole incarnation. The word was made flesh and lived among us full, full of grace and truth. And now, Jesus appears in the flesh or in the eyes of John and the church through the ages, God appears. God appears live and in person in a human body. But think about this. This big debut occasion is not some serious religious occasion in a synagogue or a church. It's a wedding with wine flowing and dancing and feasting and celebration and joy. But then, but then the wine runs out. Embarrassing back then and embarrassing now. But back then, weddings typically lasted a week. The host would serve the best wine that they could afford when the guests could actually taste it. Now, 
I would go for a dark red. Think about your favorite wine if you drink wine. For me, that used to be a Shiraz, but now a Cabernet will do, or maybe a red from South Africa. But back to the story, back 2,000 years ago, only after a few days of drinking and a certain sense of inebriation, we could say, would the guests be served the inferior stuff? For us, maybe that would be wine in a box. But wait a minute, secret, shh. We drink wine in a box as our everyday go-to. It stays fresh for 30 days after all. Now, Omicron has brought warnings to avoid large gatherings. But oh, how we long for those live in-person gatherings, dining out and parties and receptions and wedding feasts. It's only when you're in person that you get a sense of the proportion of someone, inward and outward, when we're in the flesh. But a Zoom call with everybody holding a glass? Not so much. They have no wine. They have no wine, Jesus' mother tells him. We may not run out of wine, especially if you have a box in your pantry, but we are running out of other things. There's nothing left to be done for her. Time is running out. I have no more patience. They have no money. She's lost the will to live. He is overwhelmed with grief. I don't know how much longer our country can go on like this. A scarcity of hope. But let's look at one detail that's easy to overlook in the story. The six water jars, an incomplete number in the scriptures. Seven is the number of wholeness and holiness. And holding 20 to 30 gallons, that is a lot. That is an extraordinary amount. And the best wine saved until last, what is up with that? What's the epiphany? Jesus, this miracle worker? Now, John, the gospel writer, wouldn't want us to get hung up on the miracle alone. After all, Jesus tells his mother his hour has not yet come. And don't forget that Jesus' hour will come on the cross when he will taste the sour wine of our suffering. Jesus will go on to say, I have come that you may have life abundantly. For as we read in the chapter before, those famous words, for from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. Dear friends, sometimes we get just a taste of this abundance. When our cup overflows with blessing, when we weep out of gratitude for the beauty of life, when love overwhelms us, even in the midst of a pandemic, when we finally receive a hug, share a meal, and look into someone's unmasked, beautiful face, live and in person. This water-to-wine stuff isn't just about 
Jesus at his epiphany. Granted, he is the God-man, live and in person and in flesh, but it's about us. It's an epiphany of grace when we feel that we are spent and it seems there isn't enough anymore. God then transforms our ordinary lives, water into wine, and we catch a glimpse of what really matters in life. We grasp a God who appears live and in person in our stories, in our bodies, in our flesh, in the bread and wine of the Eucharist, in our joys and in our sorrows, even in the persistent pandemic. The hymn of the day that we will sing in just a few moments says it better than I. It's a beautiful poem. It's really a sermon in miniature. So let the words of that hymn inebriate you with hope. Jesus, come surprise our dullness. Make us willing to receive more than we can yet imagine. All the best you have to give. Amen.